Let us go to God in prayer. Almighty God, by your Holy Spirit, open our minds and bodies to the recreating power of your word, that we may see the world through the mind of Christ and live in the world as a foretaste of your new creation. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Our readings, our first reading from this morning comes from the book of Joshua, chapter 5, verses 9 through 12. You can find it on page 189 of the Bibles in your seats. Let us listen for what the Spirit has to say to the church. (laughs) And the Lord said to Joshua, This day I have rolled away the reproach of Egypt from you. And so the name of that place is called Gilgal to this day. While the people of Israel were encamped in Gilgal, they kept the Passover on the 14th day of the month at evening in the plains of Jericho. And on the morrow after the Passover, on that very day, they ate of the produce of the land, unleavened cakes and parched grain. And the manna seized on the morrow when they ate of the produce of the land, and the people of Israel had manna no more but ate of the fruits of the land of Canaan that year. Hmm. Our second reading comes from the Gospel according to Luke. You can find it on page 908. Chapter 15 verses 1 through 3, and then skipping ahead to 11 through 32. Listen for what the Spirit has to say to the church. Now the tax collectors and sinners were all drawing near to hear him, And the Pharisees and the scribes murmured, saying, This man receives sinners and eats with them. So he told them this parable. There was a man who had two sons, and the younger of them said to his father, Father, give me the share of property that falls to me. And he divided his living between them. Not many days later, the younger son gathered all he had and took his journey into a far country, and there he squandered his property in loose living. And when he had spent everything, a great famine arose in that country, and he began to be in want. So he went and joined himself 
to one of the citizens of that country who sent him into his fields to feed swine. And he would gladly have fed on the pods that the swine ate, and no one gave him anything. But when he came to himself, he said, How many of my father's hired servants have bread enough and to spare? But I perish here with hunger. I will arise and go to my father, and I will say to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and before you. I am no longer worthy to be called your son. Treat me as one of your hired servants. And he arose and came to his father. But while he was yet at a distance, his father saw him and, ran, and had compassion, and ran and embraced him and kissed him. And the son said to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and before you. I am no longer worthy to be called your son. But the father said to his servants, Bring quickly the best robe and put it on him, and put a ring on his hand and shoes on his feet, and bring the fatted calf and kill it. And let us eat and make merry. For my son was dead and is alive again. He was lost and is found, and they began to make merry. Now his elder son was in the field, and as he came and drew near to the house, he heard music and dancing, and he called one of the servants and asked what this meant. And he said to him, Your brother has come, and your father has killed the fatted calf, because he has received him safe and sound. But he was angry and refused to go in. His father came out and entreated him, but he answered his father, Lo, these many years I have served you, and I never disobeyed your command, yet you never gave me a kid that I, may, that I might make merry with my friends. But when this son of yours came, who has devoured your living with harlots, you killed for him the fatted calf? And he said to him, Son, you are always with me, and all that is mine is yours. It was fitting to, be, to make merry and be glad, for this your brother was dead and is alive. He was lost and is found. The word of the Lord. Let us go to God in prayer once more. Lord, may the words of my mouth and the meditations of our hearts be pleasing to you, O Lord, our Savior, our rock, and our salvation. Amen. I was tempted to not preach this morning's gospel passage. I'm sometimes reluctant to preach on passages that are terribly familiar to us. The prodigal son is a story that many learn in Sunday school. It's a story that has become part of our cultural lexicon. One need only mention the title and we know what we're referring to. The story of the prodigal son, depending on the context, is shorthand for youthful mistakes for abundant grace, for unending love, or for the realization of mistakes made. I shy away from such familiar stories because I often wonder 
what can I add to something that has been commented on so much already? In what way could I possibly make this familiar story new and exciting? And then I realized I don't always have to make the old seem new again. I don't have to always turn that familiar story on its head. Sometimes the traditional interpretation is just what we need. Sometimes we don't have to subvert expectations. Maybe we just need to be reminded of what we should already know. With that said, I will share this one tidbit that I did learn in researching this. I had always assumed that the word prodigal meant one who has gone away and returned. I looked it up. That's not what it means. Prodigal means one who is wasteful. Prodigal, prodigal means one who spends too freely. So the prodigal son in that title is not the one who went away and came back. It is the one who squandered his wealth. Just an interesting tidbit. Jesus and this morning's gospel reading, as happens frequently, has upset the establishment because he has welcomed sinners and ate with them. It's almost as if these teachers who had spent their entire lives debating the finer points of the law of Moses and making sure they lived their lives in a morally upright way, have forgotten that God loves sinners too. It's almost like, the one, like they forgot that the ones who need to be saved are the ones who are lost. You don't go to the doctor just to say hi. You go to the doctor when you're not feeling well. And their own arrogance and in their own ego, they've forgotten that. And so, they grumble against Jesus, who has the audacity to seek out and tend to the lost sheep of Israel. In response, Jesus tells the parable of the wayward son, which we often refer to as the story of the prodigal son. It's a story that should be familiar by now to many of us, particularly those of us who grew up going to church. For those of us who didn't, here's a quick summary. A younger son, impatient and tired of working for his father, asked his father for his share of the family inheritance. Presumably insulted, the father gives him his inheritance anyway. And the son goes off to what seems like an ancient Las Vegas of some sort. And he blows all of his money on this and that. Broke and destitute, he finds himself working at a hog farm in this far-off Las Vegas. A job that is especially demeaning for a Jewish man for whom pigs are thought to be unclean. He realizes that the pigs eat better than he does. He remembers that his servants, 
eat better. His father's servants eat better than he does. And so he resolves that he will return to his father, not as a son, but as a servant. Now, rather than allow him to be a servant, the wayward son's father sees him from a distance and runs out to greet him. He slaughters a calf and has a party to celebrate his son's return. The older brother, angry that his delinquent brother is having a party thrown for him when he has had not even so much as a shindig, is confronted by his joyful father out in the field. You see, the older brother thought that the father was rewarding the wayward son for returning. But that's not what it was. The father is so overjoyed to have his son back that he can't contain himself. He can't help but dress his son in the finest clothing. He can't help give his son a new pair of shoes. He can't help but to give his son a fine ring. He can't help but to throw a party in celebration. So excited is he to have his son back. This parable is more than anything a story about the everlasting love of a father who's overjoyed to be reunited with his wayward son. It is not a story about rewarding poor decisions. It is not a story about cheap grace. It is a story about a father's never-ending love. For his son. Now, gee, I wonder what Jesus was trying to say with that parable. It is not a parable that we must think too long and too hard to understand the allegory. We see in this story of the wayward son a picture of our own alienation from and ultimate reconciliation to God. God is the Father who longs for those of us who have taken our inheritance and squandered it to return home. And God greets us in that field as we return home. God is the Father who celebrates the return of every single sinner who was once dead, but is alive again. It is not the righteous who need Christ. It is those who are sinners. It is the unrighteous. It is not the righteous who need to be saved. It is the unrighteous. Any person who thinks himself to be righteous already has no need to return to Christ. How then can the person who thinks himself righteous be reconciled to God? This is why we read the prayer of confession every week. To remind ourselves of our need 
for Christ, to remind ourselves that we need to be reconciled to God. Not just today, but every day. Being reconciled to God is not a one-and-done deal. It's a continuing process of renewal. When we confess our sins before God and before one another, we confess that we need to continue to be reconciled to God. This table is prepared for the unrighteous. It is the table prepared by the spurned father who greets his wayward son with open arms. This table does not confer God's grace upon us. We already have access to God's grace through Jesus Christ. However, it is a reminder of the unmerited grace that we have received through our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, wayward though we are. This table is the feast thrown for us by an overjoyed father who is just happy to have his son back. This table is not prepared for the righteous, for who among us can be counted as righteous. This is the table prepared for the unrighteous, for the wayward, for the prodigal. And it is prepared for us by our Lord and Savior as a celebration of that very reconciliation that we have. This table was prepared for you.